0: Chapter Eight. In the morning, Miriam was given a long-sleeved, dark green dress to wear over white cotton trousers. Afsoon gave her a green hijab and a pair of matching sandals. She was taken to the room with a long brown table. Except now there was a bowl of sugar-coated almond candy in the middle of the table, a Quran, a green veil, and a mirror. Two men Miriam had never seen before, witnesses she presumed, and a mullah she did not recognize were already seated at the table. Jalil showed her to a chair. He was wearing a light brown suit and a red tie. His hair was washed. When he pulled out the chair for her, he tried to smile encouragingly. Kariha and Afsoon sat on Miriam's side of the table this time. The mullah motioned toward the veil, and Nargis arranged it on Miriam's head before taking a seat. Miriam looked down at her hands. You can call him in now, Jalil said to someone. Miriam smelled him before she saw him. Cigarette smoke and thick, sweet cologne not faint like Jalil's. The scent of it flooded Miriam's nostrils. Through the veil from the corner of her eye, Miriam saw a tall man, thick-bellied and broad-shouldered, stooping in the doorway. The size of him almost made her gasp, and she had to drop her gaze, her heart hammering away. She sensed him lingering in the doorway. Then his slow, heavy-footed movement across the room. The candy bowl on the table clinked in tune with his steps, with a thick grunt, he dropped on a chair beside her. He breathed noisily. The mullah welcomed them. He said this would not be a traditional nikah. I understand that Rashid Aha has tickets for the bus to Kabul that leaves shortly. So, in the interest of time, we will bypass some of the traditional steps to speed up the proceedings. The mullah gave a few blessings, said a few words about the importance of marriage, He asked Jaleel if he had any objections to this union, and Jaleel shook his head. Then the mullah asked Rashid if he indeed wished to enter into a marriage contract with Miriam. Rashid said yes. His harsh, raspy voice reminded Miriam of the sound of dry autumn leaves crushed underfoot. And do you, Miriam Jan, accept this man as your husband? Miriam stayed quiet, throats were cleared. She does, a female voice said from down the table. Actually, the mullah said, she herself has to answer and she should wait until I ask three times. The point is, he's seeking her, not the other way around. He asked the question two more times. When Miriam didn't answer, he asked it once more, this time more forcefully. Miriam could feel Jaleel beside her shifting on his seat, could sense feet crossing and uncrossing beneath the table. There was more throat clearing. A small, white hand reached out and flicked a bit of dust off the table. Miriam, Jaleel whispered yes she said shakily a mirror was passed beneath the veil in it miriam saw her own face first the archless unshapely eyebrows the flat hair the eyes mirthless green and set so closely together that one might mistake her for being cross-eyed her skin was coarse and had a dull spotty appearance she thought her brow too wide the chin too narrow and lips too thin the overall impression was a long face a triangular face a bit hound-like and yet Miriam saw that, oddly enough, the whole of these unmemorable parts made for a face that was not pretty, but somehow not unpleasant to look at either. In the mirror, Miriam had her first glimpse of Rashid, the big, square, ruddy face, the hooked nose, the flushed cheeks that gave the impression of sly cheerfulness, the watery, bloodshot eyes, the crowded teeth, the front two pushed together like a gaplet roof, the impossibly low hairline, barely two finger widths above the bushy eyebrows, the wall of thick, coarse salt and pepper hair. Their gazes met briefly in the glass and slid away. This is the face of my husband, Miriam thought. They exchanged thin gold bands that Rashid fished from his coat pocket. His nails were yellow-brown, like the inside of a rotting apple, and some of the tips were curling, lifting. Miriam's hands shook when she tried to slip the band onto his finger, and Rashid had to help her. Her own band was a little tight, but Rashid had no trouble forcing it over her knuckles there he said it's a pretty ring one of the wives said it's lovely miriam all that remains now is the signing of the contract the mullah said miriam signed her name the meme the re the ya, and the meme again conscious of all the eyes on her hand the next time miriam signed her name to a document 27 years later a mullah would again be present you are now husband and wife the mullah said tabrik congratulations Rashid waited in the multicolored bus. Miriam could not see him from where she stood with Juliel by the rear bumper, only the smoke of his cigarette curling up from the open window. Around them, hands shook and farewells were said. Korans were kissed, passed under. Barefoot boys bounced between travelers, their faces invisible behind their trays of chewing gum and cigarettes. Juliel was busy telling her that Kabul was so beautiful. The Mughal Emperor Babur had asked that he be buried there. Next, Miriam knew he'd go on about Kabul's gardens, and its shops, its trees, and its air. And before long, she would be on the bus, and he would walk alongside it, waving cheerfully, unscathed, spared. Miriam could not bring herself to allow it. I used to worship you, she said. Julio stopped in mid-sentence. He crossed and uncrossed his arms. A young Hindu couple, the wife cradling a boy, the husband dragging a suitcase, passed between them. Julio seemed grateful for the interruption. They excused themselves and he smiled back politely. On Thursdays, I sat for hours waiting for you. I worried myself sick that you wouldn't show up. It's a long trip, you should eat something, he said. He could buy her some bread and a goat cheese. I thought about you all the time. I used to pray that you'd live to be a hundred years old. I didn't know. I didn't know that you were ashamed of me. Julio looked down and like an overgrown child dug at something with the toe of his shoe. You were ashamed of me. I'll visit you, he muttered. I'll come to Kabul and see you. will No, no, she said. Don't come. I won't see you. Don't you come. I don't want to hear from you. Ever. Ever. He gave her a wounded look. It ends here for you and me. Say your goodbyes. Don't leave like this, he said in a thin voice. You didn't even have the decency to give me the time to say goodbye to Fazilla. She turned and walked around the, to the side of the bus. She could hear him following her. When she reached the hydraulic doors, she heard him behind her. Miriam Joe. She climbed the stairs, and though she could spot Jaleel out of the corner of her eye walking parallel to her, she did not look out the window. She made her way down the aisle to the back where Rashid sat with her suitcase between his feet. She did not turn to look when Jaleel's palms pressed on the glass, when his knuckles wrapped and wrapped on it. When the bus jerked forward, she did not turn to see him trotting alongside it. And when the bus pulled away, she did not look back to see him receding, to see him disappear in the cloud of exhaust and dust. Rashid, who took up the window and middle seat, put his thick hand on hers. There now, girl, there, there, he said. He was squinting out the window as he said this, as though something more interesting had caught his eye.